Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. I'm very grateful uh, uh, to always have this opportunity to speak here at this church because of the change that's happened in my life from being here. So when Pastor Arthur said, okay, we're going, we're going freestyle. Everybody just preach on what you want. I was very excited to preach on this. So John Maxwell said, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. And I'm sure you've seen that with, with people. You've seen change happen to people's lives, and it, come, it can come through the way of mistakes. It can come through the way of tragedy. It can come through the way of opportunity. It could be something good. But they don't embrace the change, and so they remain stuck in a different time that no longer exists. What am I talking about? Well, uh, when you hang out with people, listen to the stories that they tell you. If they are still like the main part of their conversation is about what happened in high school, Now, I'm not talking about, I mean, I share a lot of things from my life, and so we should. We should share our testimony, and it can go from when you were born, you know. But I'm talking about the crux of your life, the, the, where you, you, you're fighting, you're living, whatever it might be. If it's still in the past, chances are that you didn't change with the times. And you're still trying to hold on to something that no longer exists. You may have been the star of whatever in high school, but you've left high school. A long time ago. Now you can use that to encourage you today, but what does God have for you today? What are you facing today? Remember, David said this when coming up against Goliath, he drew on the past. He was watching sheep, and change presented itself in the form of who remembers? Of a lion and a bear. Change showed up and went growl, all right? Now, he recalled that change that he went through, but he recalled it for the moment now when he was facing Goliath. It wasn't like, hey, let me tell you what I did all this time ago, and then he's done nothing since. Change is happening constantly, and how we handle it determines what will happen. The statistics of marriages that survive when they lose a child is very low. Why is that? Because parents are still trying to hold on to something that has moved on. You hear what I'm saying? There can be nothing more difficult than parents who lose a child. But even in that, do you see, if you don't move forward, it will eventually break your current. People who have lost a job due to unfair means... Maybe you were targeted for your skin color. Maybe you were targeted for your gender. Maybe you were targeted for your Christian beliefs. And so they're holding on to this bitter moment that happened in the past. And now because they're not changing, it happened. It's now affecting their current. Because they're not changing, it happened. Hey, what happened to you was wrong. What happened to you was unfair. What happened to you was, was sinful. Whatever it might be. But it happened. 
Change is inevitable. But growth is optional. This is going to happen to us in so many things. I'm sure all of us can give a plethora of examples of, of things that have happened to us that we wouldn't have identified as change, but it is change. You were going one direction and suddenly your life was now going a different direction. That's called change. Not all change that happens to us is good at the moment, at that time. It can be horrific. The change can be horrific, but the outcome does not need to be horrific. If we roll with the punches, do you, who knows where that saying comes from? I'm sure it comes from boxing. That if the guy's throwing a left hook, you've got to move. You've got to dodge. You've got to, when you go into a boxing match, it's not a choreographed dance. You don't know what's going to happen. The guy might bite your ear. It's happened before. <laughs> You've got to roll with the punches and the bites. If we don't do this, we're going to become stuck in life and we're going to miss the future that God has for us. And that's why I think this is so important. I want to tell you a story about uh, Darren. Uh, Darren is a, a friend of mine and Daniela's. We grew up in the same school and we went to the same uh, church. Would you put that up there, please, Sam? Anyway, uh, one night we got a call that uh, Darren had been shot and stabbed in his home. Some guys broke into his house in South Africa. They shot him. They stabbed him. He fought them with a bullet in him and a knife wound. He fought these guys off to get them out of his house and to protect his family. So... What do you do? Well, I want to read you something, okay? When David sinned, and Darren didn't sin, but when David sinned, there was a curse pronounced upon his baby, and David did everything that he could to try to save the life of his baby. This, if you get this point today, I'm telling you it will change your life. It is, it is, it is that impactful what I'm about to read to you. Are you ready? Yes. So the baby... He's, he's fasted, he hasn't eaten, he hasn't, he hasn't bathed, he hasn't, he's just pleading before the Lord for this baby to survive. And the baby doesn't survive. I would love to tell you that, that everything works out the way that we wish and hope it would work out, but it's not true. But I will tell you that everything will work out the way that God intends for our best, and we will see that at the end. Those can be, feel like two worlds apart at the time. But I can promise you about the faithfulness of God. Okay? When David saw them whispering, he realized what had happened. Is the child dead? He asked. Yes, they replied. He is dead. Then David got up from the ground, washed himself, put on lotions, changed his clothes, went to the tabernacle and worshipped the Lord. After that, he returned to the palace and he was served food and ate. What just happened there in that moment? He was one way, trying to rectify an awful situation, which we all do and we should do. We should fight as hard as we can for whatever is going on. We're not just, oh, okay, come into my house, take my stuff. That's not what I'm saying. You fight. But now his baby's dead. Now what? Well, 
if you're going, yeah, this, he just got up and carried on living his life. If you shocked, so was everybody else around David. Let me read. They said to him, like, what is going on here? And he replied, I fasted and wept while the child was alive, for I said, perhaps the Lord will be gracious to me and let the child live. But why should I fast when he is dead? Can I bring him back? I will go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and slept with her, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and David named him Solomon, and the Lord loved that child. If David did not get up and roll with the punches and move on with the change, this next chapter of life could not exist. And some of us, we've, 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 we've suffered tragedy, we've lost something, something has gone on, and it's not... You know, when we say to someone, just get over it. I mean, that never helps anybody, <laughs> right? But there is something here that says that you need to get up and to embrace the change that has happened because David understood there's nothing I can do to change the situation. And there are things that have happened in our life. There is nothing that we can do to change that situation, but we are still crying over spilt milk. Did that... Is that an American saying? Don't cry over spilt milk? <laughs> he understood. The baby's dead. I need, to, I need to get up and move on. This isn't callous. Of course his heart was sore. Of course they were sad. You can see that, that he's comforting Bathsheba. You know, her heart. But there's a thing of, this has happened in my life and now I need to move on. I need to do the best that I can with what I still have. Is there anybody here who has ever suffered losing their whole place to a hurricane? No one? Great. But this is what I'm talking about with change. You go to sleep one night and you wake up the next day and your house is gone. Not because the bank took it, because the sky took it. What do you do in those moments? Well, there's lots of things you can do. You can complain. Who complains when those things happen? Please raise your hand. I think there's a time, the initial shock of things. We complain, we, we may cuss, we may say, why God? There's a whole range of things that happen. And I want you to know that you're not alone. David came back from battle to Ziklag and his whole family was gone and his whole village had been burned to the ground. And it says this, and they wept until they no longer had strength. But then... David encouraged himself in the Lord and they inquired of the Lord, what should we do next? Do you see how powerful that is? This has happened. I can't change this. Now it's time to figure out what to do about this. When I was 18, I was taking the most important exam of my life at the time. I was taking my mathematics final, which was 80% dependent on whether or not I could go to university. That day before my exam, I took my mom's cabriolet BMW, and we only learned to drive at 18. So it's not like these cool kids here in America who have already been driving for two years. Anyway, I took it to show my girlfriend how cool I was, and, and five minutes later, I torn that car in half. Oh, 
The first miracle was I didn't go to jail. But then there was a consequence for what happened. I failed my mathematic exam. Why? I mean, I, I, I couldn't even think. I just, I mean, it, it was such a traumatic accident. And along there went my entrance to university. All I ever wanted to do was study computers and programming. And that's, that's the only thing I was interested in. And just like that, a door was closed of my own doing. Can anybody identify with what I'm saying? Sometimes we are our own worst enemy and we destroy our own opportunities. Even in those moments, we have to get up and carry on. And say, so, okay, what are my options left now? By God's grace in that story, that year, for the first time ever, they offered students who had crashed their mother's car <laughs> before their mathematical <laughs> father an opportunity to redo math while studying computer science at the university. We, we talk about getting up, but what's the practical way we get back up? We have to change. We have to reassess what we have left and say, okay, I'm going to work with this. These are the things I have, and I'm going to use this to move forward. I, I'm a very open book, and if you want to know about me, I, I, I tell you about myself, the good and the bad. I've always been an open book, and it gets me into trouble, and I just don't know another way to live. My wife's like, I don't think you should tell people that, and she's probably right. I just, why I'm an open book is because I never want anybody out there sitting to think like, I can't achieve that. I would rather people say like, he's a mess, and if God's helping him, he can help me. I'd, I'd rather go with that. So, so here's a practical example. We were building this, this awesome swimming pool at the ranch. We need, we need to build another pool um, because my wife likes to tan at two pools. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Because we got, we, you know, we've got a lot new stays and the guests need a place to go and, and one pool's not enough. And then through a, a bunch of circumstances that, that uh, anyway, were extremely disappointing, um, we had to pivot. We had to make a change. And instead of crying and being frustrated and mad and blaming and shaking fists and, and that person should have this, this, we came up with a new plan to say, okay, what do we have? What can we do? And let's do that. And this is what we have to do in life. You got fired. Okay. You can't get your job back. Be done. What can you do now? Start calling new people, start praying, whatever it is. But we spend so much time being bitter, blaming, complaining, whatever it is, that we don't do what David did and, and, and step into the next chapter of our future. Yes, it's, it's awful that he lost a child. But if he stayed in that, he wouldn't have had the next. And I'm not saying it always works out one for one like that. But God always has a plan for what has just happened to us. Every single time. You with me? Back to the story of Darren, if you could put that up, please, Sam. We went to the hospital and we prayed. Now, please hear what I'm saying. I absolutely believe that God can heal the cripple, that God can raise up those in wheelchairs, that God can heal spines, and we've seen him do it. I don't always know why it happens sometimes and it doesn't happen others. But I do know that according to God's word, we should pray with expectancy every time. And we went to the hospital and we prayed and we wept and 
We trusted the Lord and we came home and we begged the Lord, as did 500 other people who were praying for him and his family, and I'm sure him more so for himself. It never happened. But what's amazing about Darren is he didn't stay in that moment, even though his life had been altered forever. Now he's, I mean, the top half of him, he looks like the rock, right? And he's doing all these competitions and he's doing all these things and he's telling people that they can overcome, you know, he's traveling around telling people they can overcome adversity and whatever it is. And now he's coming to the States to compete in some competition. Isn't that awesome? You see, I'm not saying it always works out one for one like what happened with my university. That could have been the end. And then I would have had to have dealt with that as well. And then God would have done it another way. Because God does rectify the mistakes we make and that others make. He does rectify the tragedies, but it doesn't always work out the way we think it's going to be. He never did walk, but he's making his life count. He embraced the change that entered through the window of his house with a gun and a knife. You with me? Is this good? Listen to this. Progress is impossible without change. And those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. Those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. There are too many people who are, what do they call it? Closed-minded. Who can't embrace the change that needs to come. And, it, and it's like trying to drive a car while holding on the brakes or holding the handbrake up. It just makes everything so painful. Because there's a future waiting. You can't stay here because he has gone. This is no longer an option. I shared with you uh, uh, when we moved out to the ranch and, and we had you know, all this money in stock and everything like that. And then we had a whole plan of how we were going to live our lives. We were just going to party every day. <laughs> just having waiters on rotation. And then the stock crashed and suddenly we had to make a change. The situation stinks. But the future is bright because God is there. And what we can't see, the stock didn't recover, you know, none of these things. But there's still the opportunity if we are willing to get up and change. Now, I'm living a life that I did not dream of or choose or want. But I'm walking with God every day, embracing the changes that come. And, and that's all we can do. What else can we do? Sit around in a circle and say, oh, that CEO, he should be put in prison. <laughs> yes, we should do that. But besides that, <laughs> the other thing I want to talk to you is about the government and all these things. You must vote. You must vote. You must vote for what you believe in, everything like that. But the outcome is, is irrelevant in the grand scheme of things when it comes to God in your life. Of course, we can make our lives more painful by putting in the wrong person. It does. We, we feel the pain of that. But in the grand scheme of things, if, if, if God can work with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a fiery furnace, he can work with us in any situation. That's not a, that's not a, I'm not saying be lazy and just be like, oh, God's got it. No, no. You must be active. In, in things. You hear what I'm saying? But in the grand scheme of things, 
Whatever change enter my life that I have no control over, I'm not going to beat myself or anybody up over that. I'm going to embrace it and look for the opportunity that has been created and change my mind and say, hey, I thought I was going this way, but now I'm going that way. Listen to this crazy thing that happened. So we had an opportunity come our way for Loop uh, where we were getting a million dollars for a, a year contract. Have you ever been given a check that's for a million dollars? You, you, it bounced. <laughs> Terrible. Well, this, this, this story is similar. So anyway, this was done. We had been working on this deal for months and everything like that, and we were so excited. You know, do you, who here has an active imagination? Like something's happening, and you're already living five years forward. I was back on the ranch, waiters on rotation. I mean, (laughs) all of these things were happening. And listen to this crazy story. Two days before the guy was going to wire the money, he died. (laughs) And you want to be compassionate, but you also want to hit this guy. Why did you die? Did you know what that was going to do for us? Along with that deal. And there was a time like David, we cry. (laughs) And then we encourage ourselves in the Lord. And then we get up and we carry on. And uh, uh, Dwayne has been such an unbelievable uh, uh, friend in my life. I mean, we, we are... We are putting thousands of miles on our friendship as we are driving around to all these places. And one of the things that marks our sales calls more than anything as we're driving around Texas for Loop is our laughter. I mean, we laugh sometimes that I think I'm actually going to injure my lungs. In the midst of bad news, in the midst of tough times, make sure you've got a friend around you who makes you laugh. Laughter is not disrespect. It's not disrespectful. In fact, it's scientifically proven that in tough times, laughter can be so good. In fact, as Scripture says, it can be as good as medicine. It's not saying the situation is is irrelevant or that. It's just saying, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. We are going to embrace this change. You with me? Listen to this. This is a story I read again and again because it encourages me so. Who of you here drives a Honda? Okay, good job. I have a Honda dirt bike. My first car ever in South Africa was a Honda. I loved that thing. I want to tell you about Sorosho Honda, who started Honda. Are you ready for this? He had a dream and... He reached out to, uh, first of all, he had, he had a problem with education, was battling to, to get the education needed. He reached out to Toyota. Toyota told him to go fly a kite. They're like, you're not good enough for us. You're not going to make it here. Okay? He goes back and studies some more and everything like that. Eventually, he builds a factory. Everyone go, yay. yay. And then it gets bombed in World War I. Everyone go, oh. Then he repairs it. Everyone go. Then it gets bombed again. Everyone go, oh. Then he rebuilds his whole factory. 
Thank you. And then it gets destroyed by an earthquake. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And each time he has to think, okay, obviously this is not a good plan. Let me try something else. This is not a Christian man. Okay? This is, this is sheer testament to, to what God has given us in his, in his grace. Never mind those who call upon his name. He writes 18,000 handwritten notes to people in America, to bike shops and everything, to invest in his idea. And 3,000 people respond. And Honda was born. Today, Honda is worth $55 billion and has over 200,000 employees. What if he didn't em embrace the change that was the tragedy that said, okay, well then you keep blowing up my factory. I'm going to write letters. You with me? He had completely run out of money and he just kept finding other ways to pivot with the change, pivot with the change, pivot, bop and weave, bop and weave. And this is, some of us, we got hit down and we stayed down. You were never supposed to stay down because scripture says you're supposed to get back up. Yes, things didn't work out like you thought they were. My mom said when she found herself divorced, this wasn't the life that I imagined. This wasn't the plan. We went from having a home to no home in 20 seconds of my dad's anger. You come here like garbage and I throw you outside, you're done. You want to talk about change? He has a woman at the church, a children's church leader with two little kids that is suddenly homeless because her husband says, you're trash, get out. Come on. These are real things. I learned to start to be okay with change. We were moving several times in one year because this place lease ran out and then we're staying with this person. Then we have to move to this place. Embracing the change. Who's with me? My kids had moved countries twice before Joshua was even six months old. We have to embrace the change. It's not always fair. It's not always nice. It's not comfortable. It's exhausting. Yet we have to embrace the change and we have to roll with the punches or we will get stuck in a place that brings no future. And, and that thing that God wants to take to turn for good, it won't. God can do anything, but he works through us. If you want to hold on to bitterness and hold on to the past, God can't work with your future. Right? Listen to this verse the Lord gave my mom. We were staying with my grandparents and she was feeling sorry for herself and saying like, I've done everything right. And the Lord gently spoke this to her. In Jeremiah 31, 16 to 17, that says, Stop your crying and wipe away your tears. All that you have done for your children will not go unrewarded. They will return from the enemy's land. There is hope for your future. Your children will come back home. The Lord has spoken. Now, do you think that my mom's work in her children were rewarded? Was rewarded? I think she's done pretty well. Both my brother and I fight for where she lives. 
She has a house on the ranch. He bought her a house. We argue which house she needs to stay at because we want the Ark of the Covenant near us. She has been rewarded, but it didn't happen in that moment. She had to roll with the change. She never did get back together with my dad. That marriage was never restored. But God did it another way. It doesn't always work out like we think it's going to work. But my dad did end up in heaven. Right? The secret of change is to focus all your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. Sometimes we spend so much time trying to fight for the old instead of getting up like David, washing ourselves and saying, okay, I'm moving forward. It's not disrespect for the past. It's not disrespect for those we've lost. It's not, it's not a callous heart. It's saying, I, I can't do anything about this. And that's what David understood. I can't change this. Then the only thing I can do is move forward. Right? I want to tell you a story of Gabby. One of the most precious little girls you'll you'll ever meet. There's her and Joshi in Aspen at their lemonade stand. And I think she hustled him that day. (laughs) But uh, Gabby's missing half of her brain. Now, we suspect it was the, the, the vaccination that was given or whatever it might be. There's lots of people we can blame. But the fact of the matter is none of that is going to help half her brain come back. So, like David, we've prayed, we've trusted the Lord, whatever it is, she's still missing half her brain. But if you meet her, she's not missing half her life. And that's what I'm talking about. Gabby lives life to the fullest She does everything that she can do. She can't do everything, but she does everything that she can do because she rolls with the punches and she embraced the change as did the rest of us. And and as you know, out of this tragedy came Second MD, which touched the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. You hear what I'm saying? We saved people's lives because we didn't stay here. We're going to kill these doctors. We got up. And we press forward and God gave us second MD. Who's with me? Because we embrace the change. And some of us, we need to embrace the change. And the change may be coming this week. It may be coming today, whatever it is. But when it happens, it's okay to cry. But don't stay there. Get up, encourage yourself in the Lord and move forward. Listen to this verse in Joshua 1 verse 2. Listen how God deals with this. He has Moses, his main man. And he says to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to go lead the people. Now, do you get that? Like, uh, are we not going to sing a song for Moses, Lord? Like, can we not have a funeral? I'm not against any of those things or saying there's not time for that. The point is, this chapter has closed. I need you to step into the next chapter. We know that God loved Moses. This is not a callous statement. This is wrapping up to say, it's time for change. And now step into this next thing. You can bet your bottom dollar that Joshua missed Moses. His heart was sad for Moses. But now the time had come to pick up the mantle and to move on. 
If we can do this in love, we'll save ourselves so much frustration and pain and heartache because we're trying to keep the old instead of embracing the new. So you don't make the team that you wanted to make. Well, try to make the team. And if you can't make the team, embrace it and be the best you can in that moment on that team. You don't make the class that you want to make. Whatever it might be, you don't get the job that you wanted. You, you, it's okay. Take that and embrace that moment and let God work with you in that time because he has a plan. There was a, a property that we tried to buy. Uh, I, I don't know who I was telling uh, this to the other day, but it was a 10-acre property in Hempstead. And this was before looking at the ranch. Uh, my mom was there. 10 acres, and it really wasn't what we were looking for, but, you know, I was like, mm, I can make this work. Anyway, we offer the people uh, uh, just a little less than their asking price, and they're like, no. They've had no other offers. <laughs> so anyway, we offer them their asking price, and they're like, no. You're like, you're not even taking your asking price? <laughs> I think we offered them one more time, and then we were like, hang on a second. God is trying to save us. Now, in that moment, the change was we thought we were heading this way. Boom, no. Milk and Honey Ranch would be a lot smaller. <laughs> and you probably wouldn't be visiting it because I would never have come to Brenham. You hear what I'm saying? We have to trust the Lord on the closed doors. Sometimes He's the one closing the door. We don't always know, but what we do know is our response to change. And later we will see, like with that, to say, I didn't know that God was protecting me at that time. That only came years later looking back to go, oh, you're so smart. Listen to this. Change is the process by which the future invades our life. Isn't that beautiful? By which the future invades our lives. And it is important to look at that future as an opportunity rather than a threat. Sometimes we see change as a threat. And if you are walking with the Lord, it's not a threat because he orders the steps of his people. Is that not what scripture says? He's ordering our steps so that when change comes, you will not scare me because I am walking with God. As David was not scared by Goliath, we must not fear change, even when that change is scary. Goliath was scary. Let's not pretend he wasn't. But I, I will not fear it because I am walking with the Lord and he's going to do something here. I'm not saying the Lord causes all change. We know that, that Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but God will use it. Okay? And Romans 8.28. Now, after all of this, let this settle in your heart. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. He's going to work it out. It's going to work it out. When we were building Second MD, there was this uh, uh, rave song or dance song uh, called uh, by two brothers on the dance floor. I don't know, whatever the name was. But it only had a few words and a very sick beat. But the whole song was just, the brother's going to work it out. The brother's going to work it out. That's the whole song. The brother's going to work it out. And my mom would be like, the brother's going to work it out. As we were building this company, 
God is working it out. God is working it out. He is taking care. Disappointment is real. Who here has been disappointed by changes that have happened in their life? You wouldn't be human if you're not. Yet we embrace those changes. You've got a big deal that you think is going to work out and it falls flat. Embrace the change. God has got something else. Sometimes the, the thing has to completely die. Because God has something that is so much greater. But as long as you, you're trying to resuscitate this thing, get up! It can't. You've got a job that you're trying to resuscitate. And they're like, everything's telling you to, to get out. And you're like, no! Meanwhile, God's got something here for you. We face this all the time. We are, uh, sure. I, I was telling... Uh, 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 Tiffany, Tiffany, why don't you wave at everyone so they know who Tiffany is. But we're trying to, we're trying to build this new glamping site uh, um, at the ranch, which sounds easy. In fact, it should have been the easiest project we've had because it's a tent. <laughs> I swear every day there's something, there's something new. Like try to put in septic. They're like, this is the wrong earth for septic. Do you have a different planet you would like to install the septic on? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just been one thing after another after another. And frustration is real. And I've been frustrated. And then I have to stop and go like, okay, Lord, what are you trying to tell us? And how do I embrace this change? What do you want us to do here? Amen. And then it's amazing. And then God presents things and whatever. And you're like, wow, that was so easy when I trusted God. I should do that always. Why didn't anybody tell me that at church? <laughs> you with me? I want you to believe something. This is not just church hype. God truly does want to use your life for something huge. And what can ever be bigger than to win the souls of those who are lost? So if you ever doubt, no, God doesn't want, I'm not talking about everybody has to build big businesses and everybody has to build big churches and that. No, the biggest thing that you can do is be used and be in a place where God can take your life and to bring someone who is lost and for them to be found. And you need to know that as you're going through stuff, to say, Lord, I don't understand. I don't want this, whatever it is, but I step into it. Do you think Joseph wanted to spend time in prison? Sure, luck. Who? Yeah, yay, let's go to prison, everybody. No, there's something wrong with you if that's the case. But you've got to embrace that moment. And, 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 and to my children, right, there's things that are going to happen in your life that you're going to be like, how could God allow this to happen? Just say, Lord, I don't understand. But I'm embracing this change because I know of your goodness and your mercy. And I'm stepping into this thing. My mom has held fast to the Lord through everything. And she is, I mean, when you look at her life, you're like, oh my gosh, you are living the best life. She really is. She's traveling. She's got little horses outside her window. She's got, everybody loves her. You know, she's, she eats cheese in the night. And <laughs> she's even got spit, uh, uh, pet scorpions in her bathroom now. I mean, it's, she's so blessed. Those who hold on to the Lord, 
and trust in the Lord are never disappointed. It's just a matter of time. Amen. So as change presents itself, ask the Lord to give you the strength. Ask Him to remind you of what you have heard here today. Embrace that change. And the same thing what's happening with the church. Right, you might, you might think, man, I liked it when the church was small. Right? And that's okay. You might not or you might. It's okay if you liked the church when it was small. But the thing is, Lord, what do you have for us here? This is happening, so how do I do the best? When we started Second MD, I was a founder. But because of my position in tech, eventually I was answering to somebody else who was the CEO, who was not a founder, telling me what to do. This is my company. <laughs> Embrace the change. Whatever it might be. Embrace it. With this church, Lord, where's my place and how do I serve you the best I can with what I have that those who are lost might be found? Thank you for those who are volunteering at the, uh, the Christmas experience. What's going to happen? Does anybody know? Nobody knows. But what I do know is I'm getting myself some hot chocolate no matter what. And I might sit on the porch and cry. <laughs> But whatever is coming on December 17th, we are going to roll with the changes that come from it. I can tell you what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that this is going to be such a catalyst for our, our church. But what's the Sunday after the 17th? Does anyone know? It's the 24th. Right? It's Christmas Eve. We don't know. But I, I don't only want to tell you post-miracles because everyone's like, I heard God and... And I had faith. and No, no, I want to tell you pre-miracles. And we're like, we don't know. You know, the, the police might see the McLaren and say, we've been looking for you. <laughs> I don't know. So if you do see me going off in handcuffs, just know. I love you dearly. And I will be sharing about Christ in prison. <laughs> Embracing the church. Amen. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.